be awesome. Turn in your Bibles this morning, if you would, uh, to John. Uh, last week we talked about Lazarus and, uh, and, and that, whole, that whole part of him being raised from the dead. Such a powerful picture about how God's grace came in and encountered Lazarus' life. Now one thing I want to highlight once again is as we read that last week, uh, we see this, that Lazarus was dead. Lazarus had, had no say in the matter whatsoever. Uh, a lot of people think that uh, according to our faith, so be it unto us, translates into everything in life. Now, there is a part to that. We need to exercise ourselves toward godliness. We need to exercise faith. Yes, there are things that we need to believe and contend for. But one thing we realized last week is Lazarus is dead. He had no say in what was going to take place. But God sometimes does things, not because you're good enough, not because you've been to church long enough, not because you've prayed enough, not because you've read enough of the word, not because you've mustered up enough faith. Sometimes God does things just because he loves humanity, just because he loves you that much. And, uh, and he stepped in and he raised Lazarus up. We're going to continue with that thought today. And uh, we're going to start in uh, verse 38 of chapter 11. We're going to read on into chapter 12. John chapter 11, verse 38. No, we'll go to verse, uh, where do I want to start? We'll start in verse, uh, yeah, we'll start in verse 38. All of it's good, right? It's the Bible. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to start there today. <laughs> chapter 11, verse 38. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and there was a stone that lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to the Lord, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on the account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary, had seen what he did, believed in him. Come on, that's an awesome thing, amen? But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them that Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all. Nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. He did not say this of his own accord, but being a high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. We're going to be celebrating that coming up in a few weeks. And not for the nation only, but also to gather into one the children of God who are seated Scattered abroad. So from that one day on, they made plans to put him to death. Now this story is so pivotal in what takes place over the next several weeks as we lead up to Easter. 
Jesus therefore no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there to the region near the wilderness to a town called Ephraim. And there he stayed with the disciples. Now I want to fast forward chapter 12, verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus, uh, and Lazarus was one of them reclining at the table with him. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment and began to anoint Jesus for his burial. What a great picture, but we're going to skip over to verse 9. Verse 9, chapter 12. When the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, and I want you to catch this, they came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. When the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also Lazarus, his testimony, his miracle, whom he had raised from the dead. Verse 10, so the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. Let me pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together, that God, you would speak to us. God, that Lord, I I pray for those that are here that are looking for specific answers, that God, you'd give them those specific answers. Lord, I pray for those that might be here today feeling a little hopeless, that God, you'd restore some hope in their life. Lord, I pray for the one that's here today that doesn't know you yet. Lord, I pray that today would be the day where they meet you for the first time. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Uh, last week, as we dove into the story, uh, we came to a point in the story uh, where, where, where they had sent for Jesus because they wanted Jesus to come and touch and heal Lazarus, and this was before Lazarus had even died. After Lazarus was dead, everybody in the story lost hope. There, there was no hope. In other words, they believed that Jesus could do this, they could heal the man, but they didn't have enough faith that he could actually raise the man from the dead. And we saw this throughout the whole entire story. No one in this scenario really had enough faith to see the miracle that would take place, but yet the miracle took place anyway. In verses 5 and 6 of chapter 11, we see this, that, that Jesus knew that Lazarus was sick. And it says this, that he stayed two more days longer. He loved him so much that he stayed two more days, and we dove into that last week. He, stayed, he knew that he was sick But he loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus so much that he stayed a couple days longer. What was that love uh, out of? It was a love to show them who he really was. And so the story goes on, and and Jesus now arrives on the scene. Lazarus is already dead, um, but Jesus knows what's about to take place because in verse 4 of chapter 11, he says, "This, this sickness does not lead to death, but it leads unto the glory of God the Father. Jesus had already had this thing planned out, ladies and gentlemen. He already knew what was going to take place because if you read Scripture, you understand that, yes, he was fully man, but he was also fully God. And he was tapped into his Father, and he knew what was going to take place. We see that even leading up through this story when we get to what's called the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus is praying and he's crying out to God because he knows the agony and the pain that's about to come on his life. And he begins to plead with God and he begins to say, man, if this cup can pass from me. In other words, if I don't have to go through what I'm about to go through, can you just take it from me? But then we see him surrender his will. Nevertheless, not my will, God, your will be done. I love reading scripture because it gives us a snapshot, not only into the mind of God, but it gives us a snapshot into how God works. That even though we don't see God working on our end, behind the scenes, he's always working on our end. Amen? 
That even though we don't see that, you know, Mary and Martha, they wanted Lazarus to be healed. And they thought that was going to happen. But God didn't do that. And they lost hope. But God is still working on the other side, knowing fully well that Jesus is going to come and he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. I want you to know something this morning, that it doesn't matter what you're walking through right now. Matter of fact, it doesn't even matter if it looks like you wanted it to look. It doesn't even matter if you've lost a little bit of hope. Listen to me, God is still working on the other end. He's still working on the other side. You might be sitting here this morning and and you might be sitting in a little bit of a wrecked marriage. And you might have even lost a little bit of hope. I want you to know something, God is still working on the other side. You might be sitting here this morning and you might, you might be battling sickness or disease or maybe you know somebody that is and they might need a miracle in their life and you might have lost a little hope. I want you to know something. God's still working on the other side. Just because it doesn't work out the way we thought it was going to work out and the way we saw it working out doesn't mean that God has stopped working. Are you with me this morning? One thing I've learned is it ain't over, not until the fat lady sings. <laughs> it ain't over until God says it's over. It's not over. It's not final. And with God, all things are possible. Are you with me today? And we read that that part of the story, Lazarus is raised from the dead. And it's such a powerful story. And we we did it last week and many people responded. And it was such a powerful moment because that's such an exciting part of the story. I mean, come on, anybody getting raised from the dead is is an exciting thing, is it not? Okay? I mean, maybe maybe that's normal to you. Okay? I don't know. I, I personally have never seen someone raised from the dead. I prayed one time for somebody raised from the dead. Guess what? It didn't happen. <laughs> so if you ever died, I'm not the one you want praying for it. <laughs> Just write that down in your notes. <laughs> okay. I mean, this is a powerful moment. And see, the reality is most of us stop at that part of the story. And we celebrate that. And it is, it's phenomenal, it's awesome. And I love even how it goes into chapter 12 and it, and it talks about that there's literally a large crowd coming. Now listen to me, the large crowd is no longer coming just for Jesus. They are coming now to see Lazarus whom Jesus raised from the dead. This is a powerful moment. I gotta be honest with you. If someone in my church got raised from the dead, every Sunday when I'm preaching, I'm getting a chair and I'm putting them right here. And if some of you start nodding off, I'll just be like, Remember the dude that got raised from the dead? <laughs> I mean, what a powerful testimony, is it not? I mean, it, it was just, it, it, he was dead for four days. I mean, so much so that they thought, man, if we roll away that stone, man, it ain't going to smell good. And now he's, he's alive. I mean, what a supernatural moment. I wonder if he still carried around the odor, though, you know? You ever wonder, you know, you know like, okay, you raised from the dead, but, okay, He's alive. And we stop at that moment and we celebrate that. But I want to go a little bit further into the story because if we don't go further into the story, we miss something I believe God wants you to know today. We miss really a a, a big part of the story if we don't go a little bit further. We like to stop at the resurrection, right? We like to stop at the resurrection. As a matter of fact, as pastors, as preachers, that's where we like to stop. We like to say that, hey, man, Jesus will save you. Life is good. Everything from this moment, just ask Jesus into your life and everything from this moment is going to be roses. I mean, you will wake up to a Starbucks coffee by your bed every morning. The birds will be chirping. Your wife will look gorgeous instantly when she wakes up. I mean, we make these statements that, man, life is perfect. I met with the people that are getting baptized today and I said, I want you to know, so you need to pay attention to today's message. 
Because, I mean, there's some great imagery in the Bible, like when Jesus got baptized and the heavens part. Y'all read that one? The heavens part. And God says, this is my beloved son. Because that's how God talks. In whom I'm well pleased. He talks like a robot for some reason. I don't know. (laughs) This is my beloved son in whom I'm well I mean, what a powerful moment. I mean, wow. And then not only that, you see the, and, and, and the spirit and lighted upon him like a dove. That's so peaceful, right? It's just so amazing. But if you read to the next chapter, something happens. And it says, and immediately he was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. See, some of you didn't know that because the pastor don't like to preach that part. Pastor doesn't want you to know that part. We don't want you to know the part where give your life to Jesus, and guess what? You're going to go through a lot of crap. We say, hey, give your life to Jesus. Everything's going to be great. If you're single, you'll, you'll marry a hot girl. Come on, do I have any guys out there? Come on, you got, you're married. Come on, you say your girl's hot. It's okay. Thank you. If she's sitting next to you, you better raise your hand. I saw someone, she was raising his hand for him. <laughs> Honey, we talked about this, you know. Yeah. But let me ask you this honest question today. Because as we look at the life of Lazarus and we see what happened, he had, he had no choice in the matter. He was raising from the dead whether he wanted to or not. He was coming out of that tomb. And he comes out, and, it's, and, and the story gets so complex, and it's a little bit perplexing to me, and, and it's a little bit daunting, if you will, because the story goes on, and he's raised from the dead, but now after he's raised from the dead, they put a hit out on his life. Did you read that today? Lazarus is raised from the dead. Let's celebrate. Yay. And it's almost that like he was raised from the dead just to be killed again. Like, if I'm Lazarus, I'm ticked off at Jesus. Because I, I, I had already gone through some agony. I'm dead now, okay? Just leave me alone. It was painful. But now, what are they going to do to me? Are you with me? But see, we got to read further in the story because there's something here for us today. Here is Lazarus. What we need to understand is that same resurrection power. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in And we like that because, yeah, yay, the same spirit, resurrection power. I can do all things through Christ. God is good. God is for me. Who can be against me? Everybody. (laughs) I mean, let me ask you this question. Because I know we make those promises as pastors. Life's going to be good. Okay? But how many of you would be honest enough to say, man, uh, you know, whether, whether it was the day you surrendered your life to God or whether it was the day you really fully started living for God, that it felt like all hell broke loose in your life. Am I the only one? Okay, the rest of you must need to give your life to Jesus then because <laughs> I know who the real Christians are now. I'm just kidding. It felt like all hell broke loose. Why is that? Why is it that, man, when I, I fully make that turn and, man, I'm going to... As a church, it happens. Man, back in November, we're talking about all the things God's going to do for 2012, and it's going to be amazing. And man, the leadership's on board. We're, we're moving forward, and we got some momentum heading forward. And then 16 days in, we get hit with an arson. I'm just, it, and I, I hadn't studied this passage yet. I was, I would have been like, sweet, bring it on, you know? But instead, I was like, oh, let's throw in the towel. 
baby, how about we try Hawaii? Let's start a church there. <laughs> you know? And then other things. I've, I've been sick more in 2012 than I've ever been sick before in my life. And we're not even that far in. I'm like, what in the world? Okay, this is how bad it's gotten in my house. My poodle got sick last night. <laughs> I'm not joking. Laugh at my poor poodle. She's sitting there shaking, and she just won't even move. And she's just like, tried to take her out to the go, go to the potty this morning. She just sat there and shook. Yeah, poor little thing. That's how bad it's got. My daughters have been sick more, and I'm like, man, when does this stop? And I was praying, and God said, Ben, it doesn't. <laughs> this is a real positive, encouraging message today, isn't it? See, there's something we got to understand, ladies and gentlemen, because if we don't, we miss it. We miss it. When Jesus touches you, when Jesus touches something, man, that resurrection power is transferred. But not only is the resurrection power transferred, so is the same attack that was on him. I didn't realize I signed up for that. I know, because the pastor didn't tell you. At least we're honest with you at this church. Okay. That's the same thing. Rowdy is this, ladies and gentlemen, all of us sitting here today either have a Lazarus story. No, maybe you weren't raised from the dead, but Jesus Christ raised something inside of you. And you either have a Lazarus story this morning or you're about ready to step into your Lazarus moment where Jesus Christ would come and touch you in some way and, and resurrect hope inside of you or, or even save you for the first time. He's, he's here and he wants to touch you, but when he does, you've got to know something. Two things are going to happen. First thing is this. Let me just give this to you real quickly. First thing is this. People are going to notice something's different about you. Now, I know this is an extreme example because obviously they noticed something was different about Lazarus. <laughs> Last time I saw him, he was in there, dead, okay? But they noticed. Listen, look what takes place. They're no longer coming just to see Jesus. They're now coming to see Lazarus. When you really encounter God, listen to me, something happens in your life and people will take notice. They will see something different. I, I mean, look at, look at verses, and these are hard verses to preach, ladies and gentlemen. It's easy to preach the, the verses where Jesus says something. Because then you can pull some points and Jesus said this, you should probably do it. But when you, read, when you read these verses in chapter 12 and when the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him but also to see Lazarus whom he had raised from the dead. What is the Bible trying to tell us? The Bible is telling us this, ladies and gentlemen, that you are a living, walking, breathing testimony of God's goodness and of God's grace. When Jesus has truly touched you and he's really transformed you, people can't help but notice something is different about your life. When Jesus has touched you and he's transformed you, you can't help but see it literally begin to affect every area of your life to the point where you recognize it. And life really does change, not so much because you will yourself into the change, but because grace is on your life and that grace transforms you from the inside out. And it's obvious to people around you. It's obvious. It's obvious. I remember uh, uh, when I was uh, 17 years old, and, and I was a pretty good kid. You can ask my mom and verify it with her. Mom, you better tell them the truth. I was a pretty good kid growing up, and, and I didn't do a whole lot of stupid things. The only stupid things I did was listen to my brothers occasionally. And, uh, and I remember um, I was over getting my hair cut from a friend, and, and uh, I mean, I was, I, was, I was on fire for God. I, I still am. I'm just talking past tense, right? And I was just, I was just in love with Jesus, man. And, and, uh, and I got my hair cut, and as I was walking out, 
Uh, another guy stepped in to get his hair cut. The next day I was talking to my friend, and my friend was like, you know what was so phenomenal about yesterday? I said, what? When you left, my friend came in and sat down. The next person sat down, and I started cutting their hair. They started asking about you. I was like, really? What were they saying? They said that, that as you were leaving, they just noticed something different about you. And they were just asking all these questions, and finally I had to tell them, well, he's a Christian. And that, to me, just, just, just boggled my mind that literally, because of the grace of God on our lives, that visibly there's something different. Well, what does that mean? I mean, how is that obvious? How is that seen? Because here's the reality is that uh, uh, things don't all of a sudden just come into order around your life. There's still chaos. There's still stuff. And you're still going to have to walk through stuff. But what happens now is Jesus Christ is with you as you walk through that stuff. And it really does get easier. So that, that, that you might be facing something that someone else is facing. But your outcome or your outlook is so much different because you know that Jesus is with you. You need to know something that, that when the resurrection power, just like it touched Lazarus, when it touches you, first thing people will notice. People will notice. People will notice. I mean, we, we see it throughout the whole entire Bible. People now are coming to hear Lazarus' story. And I want you to take a minute and I want you to ask yourself this question What's your Lazarus story? What is it that people see on you that will bring them to Christ? If you're a business person, is it how you manage your business affairs and your employees and they look and they see how successful your business is? And you could just write that off as, uh-uh, I'm talented. Or you could say, you know what? Because you might be talented, but you ain't that good. You could say, you know what? It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. This is why. You might be a teacher and kids just seem to flock to you and, man, they just like you and you're a great teacher. Okay. You might be a, an amazing preacher and pastor, and people, <laughs> you know, they, 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 they might love coming to your church, and, you know, you could just write that off as, as, as oh, yeah, I just, I studied really hard, and I'm really gifted in what I do, or, or I could attribute it to the fact that, you know what, I don't know what I'm doing, and so I pray a whole lot, a lot. I'll be honest with you. The majority of my messages don't come because I'm a really good studier. Yes, I study. Yes, I get into the Word. But I pray. I pray. I say, dear God, I don't know who you're bringing this week. I, told, I, told, I was talking to the leadership at this conference that, we, that I did this last weekend, and, and uh, we were talking about, I can't remember exactly what the topic was because I go off topic a lot. But it's okay. And I, I, I got to this point where I was, I was talking about Insecurity. That's what it was. I was talking about insecurity. I said, you know what? Pastors are some of the most insecure people. Can't believe I'm saying this. Literally every Sunday when I wake up, honest to God truth, the first thing that's on my mind is I say, I wonder if anybody's coming today. Because my God, if the leadership doesn't show up, I'm going to kill them. <laughs> but beyond that, I mean, that's just, you know, 10 people. And I'm just like, man, I wonder if, I wonder if the kids workers are going to show up today. I wonder if the custodian will show up and unlock the building for us today, because we've had that happen. Seriously, those are going, going, through, my, going through my mind. But you know what I do? I just pray. I just pray. Why? Because I realize it's his grace that's touched me. Are you with me this morning? What's your story? The second thing we've got to realize is this, and I'm going to conclude with this. The second thing we've got to realize is this, 
is that not only will people notice like they did Lazarus, and you can see the sequence of it in the story, many people coming to not only see Jesus, but to see Lazarus. And because of that, someone gets ticked off and puts a hit out on his life. Listen to me. When the resurrection power comes upon you, listen to me. Not only will people notice, there'll be a hit out on your life. Encouraging, right? It's going to happen. Now listen to me. It's not even so much that, 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 here's what happens. Is before you knew Christ, you wrote the stuff off that happened in your day as, ah, it's just a bad day. Right? It's, it's a bad day. And then pretty soon, it's just a bad week. End of the month. That was a really bad month. Right? Man, 2011, whew, that was a rough year. And you just write it off as it was just bad. Okay, but when you get saved, your spiritual senses get opened and you realize, wait a second. That's not just a bad day. There's an attack on me. There's an attack on me. But here's also what happens. That attack begins to heighten. Why does it begin to heighten? Because now you're living with purpose. Are you with me? You're living with purpose in the kingdom. We see this happen to Lazarus. Now they want to put Lazarus to death. The same attack. See, pastors don't like to give you John 15, 18. Hey, if the world hates you, it's because they hated me first. We don't like to give you this, the scripture of 1 John 3 that said, hey, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised that they hate you. We don't talk enough about that. Don't be shocked at that. We don't, we don't, we don't talk about those verses. We don't talk about verses like, uh, like Mark uh, and Luke where it talks about who has not left house or home for the sake of the kingdom, who will not receive a hundred times in this life and in the life to come, period. That's where we like to put the period, right? Now, Luke's account does put the period there. Mark, though, he dives into it a little bit. He's like, hold on a second. He's like, hold on, Luke. I think you're forgetting to tell him something. <laughs> With trials and tribulations and persecutions and, wow. We don't, like to, we don't like to bring up those verses, right? But it's going to happen. You're going to be noticed. Something's going to happen in your life. But also, ladies and gentlemen, there's going to be a hit out. And it happens. We see it with Lazarus. You say, Ben, why, why are we talking about this? I come to church to be encouraged and inspired. I'm going back to the other church because they make me feel good. Yeah, but they're lying to you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. God forgive me. This is a pivotal moment, not only in this story, but in what Christ does. Because, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, although there's an attack of the enemy, we must remember the rest of the Bible. We must remember the rest of the scriptures that say, although the enemy might come in one way, he's got to flee before me seven different ways. Is he coming? Yes, but guess what? He doesn't know what's going to hit him, and what hits him is going to cause him to flee before me seven different ways. Oh, I like that one. Give me more of those, Pastor. I like that one. How about this one? No weapon formed against you will... I like that one too, but you got to read it in context. Guess what? There will be a weapon formed against you. Oh. See, we like to say this, man, there are no weapons ever formed against me, and therefore they will not prosper. That's not what it says. The Bible says no weapon formed against you will prosper. There's going to be weapons formed, but guess what? Because you got Christ in you, the hope of glory, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Guess what? It might hurt for a little bit. We talked about it last week. It might agitate you for a little bit, but guess what? It's not going to prosper. It's not going to prevail. It's not going to win. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Oh, see, these are good scriptures. And these are the scriptures that Lazarus must have been holding on to because a lot of these are in the Old Testament. What about, what about this one in I, I, Isaiah? 
59.19, we just mentioned it. The Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Isaiah 54.17, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Oh, I like this one. Write this one down. Deuteronomy 50.20. This is a good one. What the devil meant for evil, God will turn it for good. Wow, what does that tell me again? That tells me that evil will be formed against you. The enemy will have a plot, but guess what? Even though it looks bad to you, man, there's a hit out on my life. Jesus, why didn't you just let me die? Man, this thing, are you, are you kidding me? Fact, Jesus, just leave. What the devil meant for evil, God will turn it for good. And God begins to turn this very story for good. The very next portion of scripture we read is called the triumphal entry. Do you remember that story? Where Jesus comes in and they're, they're laying things down for him, to, for him to enter on. This is the triumphal entry. Why were there so many people at the triumphal entry? There were so many people there because on account of Lazarus, they were coming to see the resurrection power. There were so many people there because of the testimony of Lazarus. Listen to me. And this begins to transform the whole entire story. It also, oh my gosh, this is so good because here is where Lazarus gets sentenced to death but not only that this is where Jesus gets sentenced to death we've got to seek him out we've got to put him to death on account of the testimony of Lazarus little did they know that the resurrection of Lazarus was grand it was awesome but little did they know that they were about ready to begin to set up the greatest miracle of all time the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Where Lazarus, he rose for himself. Many people came to Jesus. But listen to me, when Jesus rose from the dead, he paved the way for all humanity to be saved. Not just those in that present hour, in that present time, but everybody that had been born and everybody that will be born. Because of the testimony of Lazarus. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, there'll be a hit out on your life. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, people will look at you and take notice. But what you got to remember, what the devil meant for evil, God always turns for good. Romans 8, and God works all things together for good. How is he going to work this thing? It looks like it's falling apart. It doesn't look like it's getting any better. I mean, pastor, you prayed for me three weeks straight, and the, and the testimony ain't getting any better. A matter of fact, I thought it had raised, but now it looks like it's going to be put to death again. I mean, you prayed for my marriage. You prayed for my finances. You, you prayed for my home to work out, and you prayed for this thing. And honestly, pastor, it's not. I'm about ready to, to, to bail. I'm about ready to just leave church because it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. But God is working behind the scenes. God is working behind the scenes to not only continue your testimony, but to begin to pave a way for many people to come and to know him. God, not my will, your will be done. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is, is, is awesome. Lord, your word is life-giving. God, your word this morning can even be a bit challenging. Be a bit challenging. But God, I thank you that no matter where we're at this morning, whether challenged by the word or whether encouraged by the word, or, God, I thank you that this morning the truth of the matter is, is you're working on our behalf. You're working on our behalf. God, sometimes it seems like things get worse. I mean, the story progressed from sickness to death to resurrection to, 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 to a death sentence. But it was because of that miracle that paved the way for the triumphal entry, for the preparation of 
of Jesus coming into the hearts of many. So God, I thank you for the testimony that's on my life this morning. I thank you for the testimony that's on so many here today. I just, just close your eyes for a minute. There's a lot, of, a lot of visitors here today, a lot of new people. Maybe you came for the baptism. Maybe you came looking for a new church. Hopefully you found yours. Hopefully it's right here. Huh. Lazarus' testimony did not stop at his resurrection. It only began at his resurrection. I feel like the Holy Spirit would have me tell someone this morning that your testimony has just begun. Matter of fact, for a lot of your testimonies, just in process. It's only started. You've sought out counselors. You've sought out help. You've sought out prayer. You've read your Bible more than you've ever read. Doesn't seem like it's getting any better. Why is that? Oh, thank you for this message today, Pastor. I see why that is. But if you hold on, if you don't grow weary in doing well, God is not mocked. That which a man plants, he will also reap. How do we reap? We reap in due season if we don't lose heart. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. I know that, I know that sometimes you feel like throwing in the towel. I've been there before. I felt like throwing in the towel. I felt like throwing it in and just starting over. I felt like throwing in the towel and just calling it quits whether it be on a friendship or relationship or whether it be on the church or whether it be on a ministry, you just feel like calling it quits. Listen to me, it's worth fighting for. It's worth pushing through because there is something miraculous on the other side. There is something miraculous on the other side. There's somebody here today and you felt the attack of the enemy although you didn't know it was the attack of the enemy. But now you know. Now you know. And you're here this morning, you're sitting in the seat, eyes are closed, heads are bowed, you're contemplating the, where you're at in life and where you're at with God, but you're here and you'd be honest enough today to say, Pastor, that's me. I realize now that there's an attack and, and it's been coming, it's been strong and it's been difficult, but I know by His grace I can make it. If that's you, I want to pray for you this morning. Just shoot your hand in the air, anybody at all. That attack, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 this message is for you. Thank you, you can put your hand down. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for being honest. I feel like for someone that raised their hand, uh, the attack that's been coming against you, it's been very strategic, it's been very spiritual, but yet oftentimes it comes from an outside attack. In other words, it comes through people, and people have been lying and saying things about you and over you and speaking against you. Uh, But I I feel like the Holy Spirit reminds you today that you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You wrestle against principalities and powers. Do Do not get aggressive towards them. Do not turn your fight towards them. That is a tactic of the enemy to try to get your eyes off of the real heart and off the real issue that's taking place. It's so easy because our flesh rises up and wants to rail back at them. But you gotta remember, wait a second, I don't wrestle against flesh and blood. I wrestle against principalities and powers. Stay focused, stay focused.